Breeze, 33%. How you feeling? Left go motherfucker, and I'm coming in the building. Um, here by myself, because we have some great Super Bowl interviews to get to. The first duo, the first batch coming your way. Uh, this coming out on Monday, February 10th. Whenever you enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, First of all, let me say the reason we're going to be doing this, one, we recorded a lot of great interviews. I really enjoy them. Two, what I have on my laptop right here, NBA on TNT Tuesdays. I'm going to be going down to Atlanta every Monday, doing the show Tuesdays, flying back up on Wednesdays. If we get new guests in between, we're going to, we're going to show them. But honestly, I'm really proud of all the interviews we did, especially these first two. Going to start off with Dan Patrick, Hall of Fame broadcaster, legendary guy that really helped build SportsCenter with Keith Olbermann, then went moved on, one of the first guys to really leave ESPN and show that he could be his own media brand. You guys know the Danettes uh, and everything he's built, someone that I have an immense amount of respect for. First time I met him was at the Final Four in Minnesota, where I don't think he had any idea who I was, uh, but because he had recently come to BR Live and Turner and all that. He had Ernie Johnson on, and then he had me on. And still one of the clips I have on my phone that I cherish to this day is him previewing me with Ernie sitting next to him and Ernie going, you're going to love this guy, which tombstone stuff. So I got very selfish with the interview. You'll hear it from the beginning, and I asked a lot of questions. Uh, when I watch, When you guys watch... And I appreciate everyone that has been watching the NBA on TNT Tuesdays and tweeting at me. Or if people go, who the fuck is this guy? You guys respond to them and go, that's Lefko. He's the man. Check out his podcast. The more you guys do it, the more I'm going to fight for to get your guys' tweets on TV. I'm serious. If you guys tweet at NBA on TNT with different gifts and, and memes and all that stuff with what I'm wearing or how Shaq is, I, I am working with the producers during the show to get those tweets on TNT. That's the power of what we're trying to do. I do it on the podcast. I want to do it on the TV. After Dan Patrick, really cool conversation with Steven Jackson, playing the NBA for a while, everything from the malice of the palace to he's got his own podcast right now, All the Smoke. The reason I'm putting these two together, both of them shared stories about Kobe Bryant, and I don't want to get too far away from what happened to where it kind of it kind of changes. Again, I recorded these podcasts the same week that Kobe passed away. And so because of that, you're going to hear kind of my takes on that. It's a little bit more basketball-related of a podcast. I hope you enjoy it first up the hall of famer the goat dan patrick i'm just gonna get right into it okay a man that i'll give an introduction recently inducted into is it the broadcasting hall of fame something like that dan freaking patrick yes yes incredible your presence is a presence (laughs) i appreciate it yeah but you're drunk uh it's not true you're buzzed i had a few shots with emmett smith i know but I, it's perfect because I would be normally nervous to talk to you. Oh. Now, easy breezy. So it's like a date. Yeah. Like you need to get liquored up. What's your favorite color? My favorite color? <laughs> green. Um, <laughs> it's funny. This morning, I was at the gym, and I'm looking at all the people I'm going to interview, and I see Dan Patrick, and I thought, I'm going to be selfish. Because usually it's not about us. It's about our audience and yeah. what they want to hear about. Yeah. Um, I'm hosting this. This right here. Oh, no. I, uh, I heard. NBA Congratulations. And you are, in my mind, one of, if not the greatest television hosts that we've ever seen. I put you right there with Ernie. Like, Ernie has a special spot in my heart. Yeah. To me, he's, I don't want to call him a mentor because it's a lot more than that. Um, but I kind of wanted to be selfish with you. Okay. And hope that they enjoyed it as well. Okay. 
Longevity is something I'm fascinated by. Because a lot of people in this generation want to be big and they want to be famous today. Yep. What can I do to be viral? You have had sustained excellence now for decades. And I'm curious what you have seen or taken from it that people don't realize. And I was just kind of curious what you think about it. You have to wait to be recognized. It feels like today's media members, they want to be recognized. They want you to, they want you to know who they are, what they're doing. And they kind of force their way into the conversation, into the room. I wanted you to find me. If you found me, great. If you didn't, then, then fine. Right. Because I worked at CNN, and I was happy just working at CNN. Yeah. I, I mean, I, was, I just wanted to do sports. I wanted that to be my, my job. And then I got the job at ESPN, and even when I went there, I, I didn't shout from the mountaintops. I wanted it to be very subtle. I still wanted to be professional, but I wanted to have fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had a magical partner with yeah. Keith Oberman, and that was five years. Then people found us because we were doing something that was different. And that was fine. But I didn't sit there and go, hey, we're doing something great. Notices over here. Yeah. And I think to have that shelf life, you have to have that sustainability of this is who I am. I didn't want to try to be something. I don't have hot takes. I, I just, that's not who I am. And if, if somebody is setting out to do this, think about can you do it for 20 years? Can you do it for 30 years? And I, I believe that if you approach it a little more towards my side, as opposed to a hot take artist, you have a better chance for that longevity. To prepare for this role, I'm watching so many studio shows. Yeah. And what I find amazing about watching Ernie is I've never seen someone that listens better than him. Yeah. He starts the conversation, beautifully ends the conversation. But he rarely talks. And I watch a lot of other studio hosts and they have to get their take in. Yeah. And as a younger person, I know that my energy is usually high and I talk a lot. And I'm challenging myself that I want to stop and I want to listen. You're an unbelievable listener. How long did it take for you to kind of realize that? Or was that something you saw early on? Well, if, if you're in this role, you're in this role to serve your audience. And how do I best serve my audience? My, I, it, it's not up to me or, you know, to say, let me tell you how much basketball I know. I, my job is to have the people who do know that they played the game, coach the game. They tell the audience. Right. If I, I always tell people, if you want to have one word that should come to mind if you're hosting, think Stockton. John Stockton is the name that I would always tell people. I usually say Nash. So, but Nash, Stockton was even more pure. Nash was a little more flamboyant. Yeah, well that's Stockton didn't care about anything right. other than. I want to make you better. Didn't want to do interviews. There was nothing about it. If you think John Stockton, I think you'll think team first, the other person first. And you, you find a lot of hosts now who want to tell you about the A-gap in football and cutting the top of the muffin. Like, I don't even know what this <laughs> stuff is. Your job is to set up your partner. Yeah. And the reason why Ernie listened so much is because he could never get in word edgewise with oh, Charles and Shaq true. and yes. Kenny. But... When you listen to somebody, it's amazing what they'll tell you that they don't even know they're telling you. Because right. you'll go, wait, you just said, and then they'll go, I did? And then now you have something there. Right. But if you let them, and I always, another thing that uh, I talk to younger broadcasters about, and I, I just did this to Nick Wright. I said, He's you, a friend. Of, we went to college together. Oh, we hosted radio in college. He's great. 
phenomenal. Yes. Because he works. Yes. Number but, one. But I told him, you can't let your analyst go more than 30 seconds. Okay. And then as I'm typing this to him, texting, <laughs> he goes about 40 seconds. I go, no, wait, <laughs> you can't go longer than 30. It's That's not so good funny. TV. He's on the other side, though, because I feel like he's less host and more. He is the personality. Yes. Which is such an interesting spot that we're in right now where someone that never even played college sports, yeah. you at least play college sports, yeah. that people want to hear because he's so well-researched and well-thought-out. It's Nick is a good guy. Well, he's got to be stealth when he goes in because you do have a host in Jenna. Yes. But he's, he's kind of set up. He should really be the host if, if that might play to his strengths a little bit more. Then you just drop in little nuggets here and there. Now he's being a... He's got to have a hot take here. And you might have Chris Canty or somebody else there with right. you. They're used to having a hot take. Now Nick has a hot take. Yeah. And, and, and that's a little bit different. You are, I always thought, too, your ability to um, host uh, Sunday Night Football, how you would interact with teams after they win big sporting events. How do you shift between radio host, I'm talking the most, to back to that role? Is it just over time, or was there a mental thing you'd say to yourself before going out? Well, if I was doing Football Night in America, then my job is to make Rodney and Tony and Peter King or Mike Florio the stars. Right. Like, people want to hear Stocked. from you. Yeah. That's all. You just say why, where, how. And we're so insecure in this business, and you can't afford to allow yourself to feel this way, is there's nothing wrong with teeing somebody up and just say why. You may know the answer, the goal is to get the answer to your audience. Right. It's not us talking and you want to impress me on your knowledge. You could do that in the green room. Yes, we yeah. can do that over beers. Your job is to get that person there to give that answer to them. Yeah. That, that's always the way it should be. Uh, when I do my radio show, now you have to be a little bit more of this is my position on something. I try not to say take. Yeah, be- it's overdone. It's, this is my position because... Another thing, I don't have hot takes. I hopefully have smart takes. And smart takes may take 24 hours. It may take 48 hours. It may be, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Agreed. But we're so, we're so afraid of somebody saying, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I was brought up to learn bef- you know, to speak yeah. before you speak. Like, what do you know? I, I don't know. So when somebody says, do you think that uh, you know, Derrick Henry should stay with Tennessee? Okay, my initial reaction is, well, yeah. And then the more research I did, I go, I don't think it's smart for Tennessee to keep him unless they, they tag him right. back-to-back years. Running back, you get paid a, less than $11 million. Right. If you say I can get Derrick Henry for $11 million, I'll sign him up. Let me see if the magic with Ryan Tannehill works again. Sure. And then I might tag him one more time. He's 26, then he'll be 28 with a lot of mileage on his body. That's the. They made the mistake with you know uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Murray. Oh yeah, yeah, DeMarco uh, Murray. Absolutely. So it's just I need a little bit of time to do some research instead of saying, well, yeah, they should keep him, and of course, the yeah. NFL to me is the most frustrating in terms of media reaction. Yeah, Jimmy G is currently being talked about as a huge liability. Yeah. Where after the Saints game, he could be the key to their success, oh, and it's. But you've now seen it so long. My question always is, when you've seen this charade year after year after year, 
how do you motivate yourself to go, here's another Super Bowl and another round of the same old shit? Like, how do you keep yourself into it? Well, our approach Other is different. Other than being a huge sports fan. Yeah, our, our approach is different. Like, what we do with our guest is different than what other people do. Yeah. Um, it may not be what everybody wants, but it's what we want. And you don't lose your identity. You want to say, this is who we are and this is how we do it. That's all. Yeah. Um, I think it's when you stretch yourself and you force, like when I, I talked about at the beginning, you want to force yourself into the room. I, I don't want to force myself and yell and scream and yeah. we're doing crazy stuff here. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, if he wins the Super Bowl, could be the greatest of all time. Like I don't, I, I'm honest with my audience. Yeah. I want to be, I don't want to try to have something that's titillating or I don't want to, you know, kind of troll. I just, I don't want to do that. And then if you, if you get into a, that comfort zone, what you do, your, your audience knows, your guests know, and then the guys I work with know. So it makes it a lot easier to be able to go in and, and do a show for three hours. Let me be really selfish. Okay. So I'm going to do this show with Shaq, Wade, and Candace Parker. I'm sure you've talked to all of them. Mm-hmm. I've watched so much of them being interviewed. I've watched so many Shaq documentaries because I think it's important. I'm their Stockton. I've got to know kind of how they are and how they operate. I've been blown away at how intelligent I found Shaq to be. And because he's so big, it's just like in our culture, we assume big guys are dumb. And, but I watch the way he moves, and I, because I've been behind the scenes, I see how he acts. Have you been able to crack that nut in terms of Shaq? And like, what advice would you have? Because I find him intelligent and endearing and funny, and he gets it. And those are the guys that I... I want to be close to them. And I'm just not sure what your interactions with him have been. Well, I found that if Shaq trusts you, that's been the biggest change in our relationship. Because I, I did an interview with him when he just got traded to the Lakers. We were in the Marriott Hotel doing an interview with him for Sunday night uh, Sports Center. Sure. And his dad was there, and I remember... Asking him, how many titles do you think you'll win? And he held up all ten fingers. And he didn't know me. Right. His dad did, but he didn't know me. And then, you know, fast forward to once he started in this business and his podcast, and he would watch all the time. And he would, he wanted to come on. And then, then I felt that there was more of a relationship where I could just talk to him. I, I don't want to interview. And your job is not to interview. Right. Your job is to talk. And if you can have that con- every interview I do, I always call it a conversation. Like the last interview I did with Kobe was truly a conversation where it's just, hey, how are you? Yeah. Great. How are you? Yeah. What time did you get up? Four. What would you do this morning? Yeah. Oh, I lifted weights. I shot some hoops. My girls work out. Like that's how, the, that's how it started. Now, if I get you to start that way, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Candace Parker, have a conversation. Yeah. Um, be equitable with your time with them and, and let them know, and even before you go on the air, let them know your answers are far more important than mine. I want to make sure I put you in the right position. Yeah. But understand, I'll ask you a question for what I think is pertinent to the show. Because I've asked Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy some tough questions, but I thought that it, it called for that. Yes. And I want, I want them to respect me that I have to ask the right question. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to be great. And I think those are things that with Shaq, if you hear the voice and the way he delivers, like I was always worried with his delivery because he'll be like, Dad, Patrick, shut the hell up. And then 
because of that, I don't think you listen to what he's saying. You listen to how he's saying it. But he does have a lot of interesting things oh. to say. And he's become one of my favorite interviews because it feels like there's a conversation that goes on. His maturity, it's just leaps and bounds when I watch him. And now. he's a brilliant businessman. Exactly. I mean, he really is. You know, when he I'm, says, I'm, driving, I'm, I'm not going to endorse the product. I want to, I want to yes. buy part of yes. the product. I don't want to be paid for this. I yes. want ownership. Yes. I drive around Atlanta. I pass a Papa John's, and the number's like 1-800-888-SHACK. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, Shaq owns that. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yes. Kobe. Yeah. Um, we're recording the Super Bowl week. I'm not sure when this is going to come out yet. But I'm sure you had a relationship with the guy. Was there anything about – it's such a deep conversation. Yeah. Um, him as a human, what did you take away from your moments with him? There was a moment where, you th- where it was almost tangible that he became kind of a person. Because he was always an athlete. And then he became that person who was comfortable in his own skin finally. Whatever you thought of him, he was comfortable in his own skin. He was comfortable with his wife, his daughters, with what his next job was his second career was going to be. But there was this moment where you just said he, he's, not, he's not that guy. He's not that athlete. He's not constantly on edge, like competing. Now it felt like he exhaled. And that'd probably be the one thing that stood out. It just felt like he went, all right, let's talk. Yeah. And he was, I think he was comfortable with his place in basketball life. And he was getting really comfortable with his place in his real life. What I really thought was inspirational was as his career was winding down, he got all these experts in other fields, and he asked questions. Yeah. And we talked about that just now, about conversation. He's the most curious athlete I've ever been around. So when, it, when It's he a trait that away, people don't have enough. No. Is the willingness to go, I don't know, like you were saying earlier. When he passed away, and then I did Monday's show, and I was, just audi- I was honest with the audience. I said, look, there's no handbook. There's no guidebook on how to do this. I'm just going to tell you how I feel, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just we got three hours here to explore this. But I said the one word that came to mind with Kobe Bryant that will probably surprise you and nobody else will tell you this is his curiosity. And everybody's like, oh, the ultimate competitor. And, right. you know, I, he was curious. I didn't see him as a basketball player. I saw him as a person. Now, there's a basketball player in there, but he was curious. If you ask him a question... He was curious with himself of, what is my answer? Mm. Instead of sort of automatic pilot going, you know, hey, I got this answer here. Now ask the next question. Here's my answer. Right. Kobe actually gave thought to your questions. And I think he wanted to be challenged. They're athletes. I mean, they're, they compete all their lives. Yeah. And I remember John McEnroe saying to me, you got a better question than that. Like, he was competing he wanted me to compete for his answer. Yes. And I felt like Kobe loved that competition. Michael Jordan was the same way after those NBA championships. He wanted you to challenge him, nudge him a little yes. bit. And and then he would come back. But, you know, Kobe was one of those where I, I didn't know where we were going, but I knew it would be an interesting ride. Rick Pitino did that to me. First time I ever did a press conference, I got to Louisville, and I got there and I asked him a question about – his experience backcourt compared to Butler's, and he looked at me and he goes, that's an awful question, in front of a room full of people. And I go, well, yeah, but then he goes, come back 
with a better question, and maybe I'll answer it. And all the other anchors run over to me, and they're like, it's okay, it's okay. I spent that whole freaking weekend yeah. researching and looking up. And then Monday, I asked him a question about, of the last 10 times you faced a ranked team, the next game, you're 9-1. and one. How do you keep your team emotionally like focused? And he looked at me, and he goes, that's the question. And after that, me and him were great. But I appreciate that because it was the first time that I ever experienced someone going, try harder. Yeah. Because in this job, so many people just answer, even your most bo- talk about. Oh, God. That when you that actually get crazy. someone that goes, fuck you, yeah. and however they say it, yeah. you appreciate it. It's beautiful. And when people, and I, I took a class at ESPN. It was a, it was a five-day, eight-hour-a-day interviewing class. Wow. It's the best thing that I ever did. Changed my life. And we had a guy who's now writing a book on it, John Sawatsky. And he had all these clips, and he was teaching you how to interview. Now, I thought I knew how to interview. And I realized even the people who I thought could interview weren't great interviewers. And he would go step by step in sort of carving up all of the Larry King, Mike Wallace from 60 sure. Minutes. Like all these people, you go, boy, they're great. Barbara Walters. And it made me realize brevity with your question, open-ended with your question, yeah. is, is the best way to go. But I was never taught that growing up. I just thought, well, I know what I'm talking about, so I can ask you a question. Yeah. It's, uh, my goal is to get you talking. If I say, uh, are you the best, or uh, you know, something that says yes or no, are you the best player in basketball? Yes. Why, why do you consider yourself the best player in basketball? Now I got you talking. Right. That's another thing with your job. Ask open-ended questions with the people on the, uh, on the, the uh, set with you. Yeah. Get them talking. It's not a yes or a no. It's a why, how, where, who. And some of the best questions I ever asked were why. Because I never want you to load up. Because if I say... And this will drive you crazy now as you listen to interviews. Ask a question, answer a question, ask a question. That's what we're guilty of because we want to tell people what we know. Right. It'd be like, you know, Shaq, you're the best big man of all time. So why do you think you're the best big man of all time? Uh, because people say you're the best big man of all time. Yeah, are sure. you? And sure. then you're like, no. Why, are, <laughs> why do you think you're the best big man of all time? Sure. That's all. It's short and sweet. You give me an answer, and then I follow up. He may say... But you know what? I was always insecure because I couldn't make my free throws. Why? That's it. Yeah. And then he starts to tell you. That's when you get deep inside when you allow them to provide everything for you. I always appreciate spending time with you. I always appreciate the fact that you care about the craft. I do. And I do. It's, I, I, it's not about fame. It's about the craft. No, part of me would want that job that you have. Really? Yes. Well, go fuck yourself. It's no, fine. but I don't. No, I, no, but I don't want. I, I, but that, that's the competitor yeah. in me. But when I saw that you got it, I was happy for you. Really? Yes. That makes me because that's that's. To allow, I'm going to cry. But when you honest. care, when yeah. you care about the job you have, yeah. And I feel like you care about that job. Oh. Then, then you're the right person for yeah. the job. That's yeah. I, I, and NBC let me host the Olympic or um, uh, Stanley Cup final one year. And I, I, I wasn't comfortable. I could do it. I just wasn't the right person because I said, I, I haven't earned this. Right. You need to get the right person in here to do this. Now, if you said you were going to host Football Night in America, I'm the right guy to do right, this right, 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 in, right. My, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I got you. But you love this. 
and you love the game. And if you love the game, then you'll do you'll do the right job for that. Yeah. And I, I so I couldn't be happier for you. I really, I mean that. Damn. I really, I mean that. But I if you fuck you. up, and then all of a sudden they say you need somebody else, I'm right here. <laughs> Right here. Uh, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Uh, I'm going to have you reach in here. They're just sentence fragments that really don't mean anything. Uh, I just want you to look into that camera why is th- and there- say it in a dramatic, dramatic tone. Why is there a condom in here? Oh, uh, well, it was a big night on okay. Wednesday. What does it say? Oh, read it first to yourself. But it feels like you're going to use these to That's describe what? you. I don't know. Now I know where we're going with this. I think I've, I've called your bluff on this, haven't Damn. I? Uh, cannot confirm or deny. What does it say, Dan? Damn it, he's too smart. We all bow down to Dan Patrick's greatness. It's really going to mess everything up. Yeah. Now I'll give you one that says Thank his. You. Yes. We all bow down to his greatness. I have one more thing. I know I have to let you go. God. Uh, what's this tattoo? My wife's name. Are you going to tell me you can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery? No, but that's really beautiful. Yeah, but that's, that's not true. You guys use that. You, you can get a tattoo. No, 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 I know. But, like, that's making me think if I show this interview to my fiancé, she's going to ask for that. Yeah, I, but I also did that with a three, and then my wife got a zero, so when we hold hands, you got 30 years. Wow. You're the man, dude. See, these women out there are going, oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, there are no women out there. Yeah, no, Just no. a bunch of dudes going, oh, that's weak. Dan oh, Patrick, weak congratulations. Wait, is there on one the other thing you need or is that it? That was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, anything you want to say? No, no, I'm good. We all bow down to your greatness. We all bow down <laughs> to your greatness. Dan Patrick, yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, Woo. And now. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Congrats. Thank you. I mean that. Appreciate it. I'm telling you, that was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Um, To have Dan talk to me like that is still very surreal. I'm still not getting used to other people that I really respect knowing who the fuck I am. It's just a weird process because I am, I'm still one of those guys that, uh, you're, you were fighting or grinding. And that's, I had some people commenting under one of my posts and they said, are you still going to do the podcast? This is the most important thing to me because this is what I feel like has really helped me uh, continue to grow. Um, I love that conversation. Very different vibe now. Steven Jackson is one of those dudes that I've always wanted to hang out with. I've wanted to drink with. I've wanted to share a daddy cigar with because he's one of those unfiltered guys. And it also tests you as an interviewer because you go, I want him to want to chill with me afterwards. I got his phone number. When I'm in Atlanta, I'm going to hit this dude up, check out his podcast, All the Smoke, but a very introspective podcast talking about Kobe and a fun uh, podcast talking about fighting in the NBA and just being a real just dog. Here is my conversation with Steven Jackson. There are a few guys that they can walk in any room and the respect level is already on 100. <laughs> not just because they're accomplishments, because they know that if you talk any shit, they're not afraid to fuck you up. Right. And I'm here with one of them, Stephen Jackson, <laughs> All the up, Smoke Pod. Great to have you here. Glad to be here. I'm, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's hard right now, though. It's hard right now. Uh, I was just telling you I'm doing this, NBA Tuesday nights. 
First show was supposed to be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. News with Kobe happened Sunday. In the NBA world right now, we're in mourning. Yes. Um, I've been saying this to guys that I've had this weird competitiveness the last few days because the mama mentality, I keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had a relationship. Where are you just in grieving and, and kind of understanding all of this? What it, what's helping me is that I just always go back to imagine how his wife and children feel. Fucking A. You know what I mean? So yeah. that should help anybody. Yes. Because we're not actually in that position. You know what I mean? I think about that. I mean, I, I have my own self, selfish memories that I hold on to. And, the, you know, the last interview we did with him, I think um, we had no idea it was going to be this special and it's something that everybody want to see And yeah. his last interview. But it, it, How but long ago did that come out? It was. It came out last, uh, two weeks ago. Wow. And, it, and, and we did it at the end of December, mid-December. Wow. Yeah. What did you take from that interview that you look back on now and it even changes the reactions then? Well, knowing how much Kobe lo- loved basketball, what I got from the interview was basketball didn't even matter. He didn't, to him, he didn't even remember he played basketball. Wow. He was so focused in making women's basketball great. He was so focused in being the, the, the best father that he can be. He was so focused in uh, 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 promoting it and, and, and supporting Gigi. Yes. On her being the best she could be. Yes. And his other daughters as well. But he was just so focused. I mean, like I always say this. How many basketball players that was the face of the league that have an uh, Oscar and an Emmy? So he was locked in on that type of stuff. Yes. And, 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 and it was good to see. It made him happy. Yeah. Like the same fears he had in basketball. Like he had to be that 24 hours a day. He can get away from that with, with, his, with his post-career. And I, it was good to see that smile on his face. I always find it special when someone, when a soul leaves... And everyone feels obligated to tell their story about him because it shows the impact that he had. Right. I'm sure you went up against the guy a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Was there one moment that you think kind of encapsulated or you'll never forget, whether it's on the court or off the court? I mean, well, I, I, you know, I, I never admitted it to him, and I wouldn't have never admitted it to him. I wouldn't have never said it if he didn't pass. He was the only basketball player I was afraid of. Really? Because it, it was nothing that I could do to get him off his game. And I think – He's the only player that I played against that the only way he's having a bad night is if he's off. There's nothing I could do. I could follow him. You have no impact on him. You're just there. You're just there. Wow. And, 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 and that's what, separate, that's what separated, put him, separated him apart from everybody else. He was just different, man, as far as basketball-wise and how he approached the game and just, and, and just how difficult he was to guard, to guard. Nobody was a student of the game like Kobe. Because you love defense. I, that was my bread and butter. That was everything. That was my bread and butter. And I, I remember telling somebody, like, what – Kobe's like an arcade game. What am I going to do with him? You know, I, I said that a number of times before I was playing him, but I love the challenge, but it's just nothing I could do. Early on, it was like make him shoot threes. And yep. then it was like, <laughs> okay, if I get to the block, he's going to hit me with that turnaround jumper. Send him to the big man. That didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I, what was, what? just from, let's say, from your being a defensive guy and really studying that, what about his game from like a fundamental level made him so difficult to guard? Uh, I think just the the attention to detail, like, perfect example, Paul Pierce wasn't fast, but his footwork got him anywhere on the court. I think Kobe had that same type of type of footwork. His footwork can get him any, anywhere on the court. And then thing, too, Kobe was always under control. The game, when he touched the ball, it was at his pace. It's in his pace. Like, everybody's watching, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, yeah. the game just slows down. And, and I think that's just because – he was, he was so in the moment. You know, I think a lot of sometimes, even me, I get the ball in the game, and I'm 
hearing stuff from the crowd. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of shook. I think he he's always in that moment, and I think he took advantage of every one of them. Man, uh, do you have like a favorite Kobe play or? Yeah, for, well, against me or just I'll take play both. Serious. Uh, I, I remember a play where we were, it was a TV game, and I got the ball. I didn't get the ball that many times on the post in San Antonio because, <laughs> you know, Tim shoot all the balls. So I got one on the post. I'm backing Kobe down. I turned to shoot a jump, and he just blatantly hit my arm, and the referee's right there. So I look at the ref. I'm like, damn, you're not going to call a foul? What's going on? And while I'm complaining, Kobe grabs the ball and is dribbling, dribbling up court. So I'm arguing with the ref because he didn't call a damn call, and I'm looking at Kobe trying to guard him. But as I look at the ref, we're crossing half court. I'm still saying something to the ref. Kobe launches a three right across half court. Net. He gives me the – Kobe gives me this, and then the referee gives me the – so I'm like, oh, are you they on both team? Gave yeah, the team? I'm like – so, And then this is the worst part as the basketball player, which you hate. After that, I got subbed out. Wow. So now Kobe's killing now on the sideline. looking it. like a bum, man. Damn. That was the worst feeling in the world, man, but it, it's something I hold on to. Did he ever hit you with a comment? Because you said you were you were afraid of him a little bit. Yeah. Did he ever hit you with a comment that kind of, damn, that, that was intense? No, because one thing he knew, I'll fight. Now, that's one thing he did know. Yes. I'm not taking too much disrespect. And I'm, <laughs> one thing I know I'm good at is basketball and fight. That's why I fucking loved you. You know man. what I mean? So he know I will fight, so we kept it, we kept it in basketball. We, it wasn't never yeah. that disrespectful. The thing about Kobe, though, it's like, okay, so your era – you know, the, nine, the 80s, they fought a lot. Yes. Pistons fought a lot. 90s, we were still allowed to hit. 2000s, it kind of bled into a little bit. Now, there was a hard foul in Knicks, the Knicks game, and they're, oh like, blowing out of the water. I'm like, that's nothing. That was but, terrible. But, you know, you had that throwback energy. Kobe had that throwback energy. And there's, there's a level of respect for the guys that still appreciate the physical nature of the game. Old school. And you could never call Kobe soft. Oh, not at all. Even though he was a scorer that got a lot of calls, yeah. he was never soft. He was just relentless. Yes. Yeah, he was very relentless. He wasn't soft, though. But the stares, the looks. You know, I mean, he'll look at you and make you think that he want to fight. You know what I mean? And, and, but that was just the, the intensity. I mean, you go back to the Knicks. I think the Knicks did the right thing. But I think they should have took it up a notch. They needed right. to win. And I ain't talking about in the game. Yes. They need to win, period. You can't let the refs break so up that fight. You shoot that shot. Y'all beating us by 19. Don't push him down. Knock his teeth out. Yes. They draw some blood. And, and that would have been good for the Knicks organization because they ain't had a win, no type of win If you don't know what we're talking about, it was a play where <laughs> Jay Crowder was already up 19. Yeah. Ripped the ball guy, for it, dude. Yeah. He, he needed his ass with for that. Yeah, I like knocked his teeth out. Yes, yeah, I don't know how out. Adam Silver would handle that right now. It's another world right oh, now. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely another world. They wouldn't play basketball ever again. Oh, yeah. they wouldn't play Shit. basketball ever again. That happened. Did you watch the NBA on Tuesday night and watch Shaq and all them talking? Yes, I did. It made me cry. I was what, crying anyway. What was it like to see those guys say those things and open up like that? It makes everybody want to reach out to the person that they want to say something to before it's too late. Did you do that? No, but, I mean, that's what it made, that's what it made you feel like. And, yeah. But knowing, not knowing the exact situation, but knowing how things went between them two, I could see, I could see Shaq feeling like that because they never really had a conversation behind closed doors. Right. The interview they had was on TV for everybody to see. So even then you're kind of putting on a little bit. It ain't, it ain't as authentic as it would be if we were behind closed doors. Right. You know what I'm saying? If, if me and you had a conversation, we're going to yeah. say different shit that we, you know what I'm saying? We keep it real. I don't know. Me and you might keep it real. We keep it real. real. We keep it yeah. real as fuck. You know, okay, we keep it real as fuck. 
You know what I'm saying? But personal-wise, yes. there might be some personal stuff that no we might, might want to share on air that we might be cool talking about behind yeah. closed doors. So that conversation probably they need to have. But I think everybody has regrets somewhere in life that with somebody. So I'm just glad that the world was able to see uh, Shaq being vulnerable and coming out. And, I've never seen that man cry. Yeah, nobody. And it, it, it made everybody weak by yes. seeing Shaq, Shaq cry like that. How many guys have been texting you? You know oh, what I mean? Man. When I, before, I, before I opened the text and found out what happened, I had at least 15 to 20 texts in my phone. Um, everybody, wow. Everybody was, what? Just, yeah. Then different stations calling me, want to interview me. You yeah. know what I mean? I, had, I, had, I took it down, but I got on my Instagram because I was already in a face full of tears. And I was like, stop calling my fucking phone. And I posted it. Yeah. But I erased it. I erased, you know what I mean? Because I was in emotion was in motion at the time. Yeah. But um, a lot of people called, man, but it's... it's that's the hard thing I, about I the media. I could have got one call, a million calls. It yeah. still don't feel right. Um, what's interesting, too, is All-Star Game in Chicago is in like three weeks. Yes. Which I imagine everyone's kind of giving their own little takes. Make one team in the eights, the other team in the 24s. Cool. I feel like the whole weekend is going to be a celebration. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to get to that point where it goes from grieving to celebration. Because we have a lot to celebrate with him, yes, too. Yes, And this second stage of his life has made it so much more enjoyable to celebrate. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you, how do you think this season goes? Because it's, it's interesting, especially with the Lakers being so fucking good. Yeah, I know. Well, one, I think the celebration starts now once his wife made that the, uh, message. Yeah, on out. Instagram. I think it's time to start healing and start trying to help them heal. Because right. as long as we grieving, they won't be able to heal. Right. You know what I'm saying? So That's I think, very interesting. So by her putting that message out there, I think it's time that we all start healing. Um, what was the other question you asked me? Just, I guess, like with this season. Yeah. With well, All-Star, oh, how's yeah. it going to go? I feel sorry. Well, it's, you can never do enough in my mind. So whatever they do, it's not going to be enough. I'm hearing change the name of the Staples Center. Change the logo. That'll be all fine. All that stuff. Now, if they can change Staples Center or the logo, I'll, that's, 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 that's unbelievable. Yes. That is unbelievable. But at the same time, um, I will say this: the fact that Jerry West is the logo, and he's the one that got Kobe, and that's a son to him. It's almost like he's the one that could pass it down. And he said he didn't want it. What do you think? So you like the idea of Kobe I, as the I, logo? I love the idea. Either if not the logo, Kobe Bryant Center. Wow. You know what I mean? Either, yeah. either I like I like it either way. I like it either way. But uh, I think. If whatever they do, All-Star Weekend, whatever they do for Kobe, it's not going to be enough. No. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not going to be enough. It's, it's not. not. Be enough. But I think um, he was always going to be in the debates all time to keep the legacy alive. Yes. Um, 81, uh, the mama mentality, the stories, and then also the second life that he was living, he was going to find a way to be successful and impact us anyway. I already had an Oscar and an Emmy. You can't get in the fields he was in. You can't get too much bigger than I know. that. I'm very curious how LeBron is going to be the rest of the year. Well, look, that's, the, that's, that's what's going to be the problem. I feel sorry for the NBA. I was They're saying fucked. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because LeBron is already like, this is my year. The championship and is coming now, through L.A. Because you remember that, that image of him against the Celtics? where he kind of had that, like, devil look in his eyes when he was on the heat. And, and went that's crazy. What, and went crazy. I think we're going to see that again. I know we're going to see yeah. it. Yeah. This, this, this is, is, is hard for everybody, but 
one thing about LeBron, he knows how he can celebrate Kobe's legacy. He knows how he can turn all this around, make make the Laker Nation feel good, make, yeah. make everybody. And you know what? Even Kobe's family, because they know LeBron is doing this in dedication to him. Yes. What better feeling than know LeBron James is coming out and dedicating the championship to your husband, to your family, yeah. the best player in the world, and he has a great chance of fulfilling that. The team is stacked. Anthony Day, they got a great chance. And, what and they, they got a good two deep, like the what bench they is strong. they Jamal Crawford? You didn't hear that from me. No, he did. Really? <laughs> I mean, Jamal Crawford last time he played dropped 50. What if they signed Jamal Crawford? How good would that be coming off the bench for the players? Who's the other dude that's a free agent right now? Uh, that's J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, but then the um, – I, I would want them to sign J.R. Smith, though. Oh, man. That's my guy, man. He deserves a job. I would love that. I was Say looking, it again? I, he deserves a job. Iguodala's out there. Iguodala's out there. Uh, they need a shooter. They need a shooter. from Kansas. Back in the Mario day. Mario Chalmers. No, there's another one. Shit, I can't. Kansas. Go. Kansas. Fuck. Hold on. I'll figure Kansas? it out. Not Mario Chalmers? No, I do love Mario Chalmers. That's going to be my role on this show to Dwayne and Shaq. <laughs> you know what, do you know those guys? Like, what's your advice for me for but, working with Shaq well, and, and Wade and Candace? Shaq, let me give you a story about Shaq. Okay. I, I was in court for a traffic ticket. I go in there. Darren Collison. Is Darren, who I was Collison. Darren Collison. Darren yes. Collison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for uh, Indiana Pacers a few years ago. I was in court, and the judge is talking to him. He was like, hold on one second. He pick, takes out his phone. He said, you got great, great friends. I'm like, I don't know why. He's like, yeah, you got great friends. I'm going to drop this, but you got letting you know you got great friends. He calls Shaq on three-way, turns on FaceTime, turns the phone, and Shaq say, bro, you know I got you. Wow. The dopest shit ever, bro. Wow. The dopest shit ever, Out of ever, traffic bro. court, just like that. The judge turned around, had Shaq on, on, on FaceTime. He said, I'm dropping your case. He turned up Shaq said, I got you, bro. That's I really only have one ever. question. How did the judge have the number? Him and, him and Shaq, you know, Shaq, wow. that's, this is, we talking about Shaq now. He's omnipresent. Shaq is everybody the, knows Shaq. Yeah, everybody knows Shaq. D-Wade, oh, man, solid dude. Uh, we had D-Wade on our show. It was my first time in life having a conversation like that with him. I was already a fan. You know, yeah. I, still, I still call him Flash. Yeah. But that's a solid dude, bro. So, like, they, don't, they don't make him like that no more. No. Like, like for him, as, as far as it's Isn't it almost weird? Down, how normal he feels when you're around him. Yes. Like, you're like, I, I do feel like I've known this guy for a long yes, time. Yes, And he, it's com- crazy. he comes off like that. Yeah. And, and to see, you know, how he's standing up with his family and how he's doing this after basketball. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, it, it's just amazing. I just, I just love the father and the, and the, and the family man he's being. So I, I, to get ready for it, I watched all these documentaries and stuff, and I'm watching these interviews. I watched Wade's interview with you guys. Yeah. I watched him with the knuckleheads and all that. Easy to work with. Awesome. But also, he said that Shaq gave him the nickname Flash. And Shaq is like the best nickname guy ever. Yes. And all I want is Shaq to give me a cool nickname. Oh, that, what, that trust me, that won't take long. But I don't want to ask for it. Because the big Shaq this will come up with a... Big Aristotle. Like, he's got a million he of got them. got a million of but them. But if he gives me one, that's when I feel like I fucking made it. Yes, yes. You know what? Just look at me. That, Can you give me a nickname? Big. Give me a Steven Jackson nickname. Oh. <sighs> We gotta hang out. I gotta. I got, we gotta hang out off camera for me. To, okay. I can't give you no corny nickname from just sitting up here. I mean, I roll around. Right yeah, you know what I mean. So like, <laughs> it, I got it. Got it. Got to be authentic. Okay. You can't force a nickname. Man, if Shaq gives me one. Oh, he gonna it's give over. you one. Yeah, he gonna give you one. 
Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. And my pleasure, man. Is there, I mean, anything else? All the smoke. Yes. All, Download it. All, uh, all platforms that stream podcasts, all the smoke. You can tune in on that. You can get the video on Showtime YouTube Basketball. Are you enjoying doing a podcast? Huh? Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it, and I'm high the whole time. Wow. Yes. Indica or sativa? It don't matter. They all do the same thing to me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say something now that I've never said on this podcast. I have a listener. Yes. And I, and I love him. Yes. I'm not going to say his name. Yes. That has his own strain. Yeah. And he loves the Lefko show. Yeah. And he calls his, his strain Lefko OG. Okay. And I feel like I am a Nike athlete, and that's my signature shoe. Okay. And I hope that one day you can have that same joy where someone goes, by the way, this is called Steven Jackson OG. I actually have some in the making. Viola, shout out to Viola Al Harrington. Wow. He's on the way. That's incredible. And I have my own line of pre-roll CBDs coming out. Wow. CBD pre-rolls. I would love to be a spokesperson for you. <laughs> Let's make this fucking happen. That's awesome. Steven Jackson. Oh, I need you to reach in the cup, yep. pull a random sentence, look in that camera that guy is, and say it with your best Denzel Washington traumatic acting voice. <clears throat> if you don't follow him on social media, Appreciate you, man. Thanks. Steven Jackson. <laughs>